welcome back to Educate, the alternative classroom experience brought to you by me, Katie Conn, from my London bedroom. Now students, could you please get out your rulers and your number two pencils and whatever pencil case you might have with you, because this week we're going to be talking and making notes all about the world of online dating. And because we like to take it one step further at Educate, we're going to be specifically honing in on niche online dating in 2021 with our guest teacher on Educate, David Mins. Now, before we get started, you might be thinking to yourself, what does niche mean again? And how is this specific to online dating? Katie, what on earth am I listening to? Well, strap in, folks. Before we get going, let's discover a definition of niche that we can work with. Niche. Adjective. Denoting products, services, or interests that appeal to a small, specialised section of the population. So, online dating. What is it? Oh, come on. I mean, unless you've been hiding under a rock for the last 20 years or so. I think we all know what online dating is. No doubt listeners right now are keeping many skeletons and their associated secrets firmly inside their past and present online dating app closets. Yep, you're thinking of a story. I know you are. But rather than deep diving into your own personal server histories for now, let's quickly recap a brief summary of online dating. So the first time society saw technology-assisted dating, which by the way isn't just online dating, this was in 1959, when the Happy Families Planning Services launched, started by Jim Harvey and Phil Fiala. This was as a class project at Stanford. They used a questionnaire and an IBM 650 to match 49 men and 49 women. From this year onwards, up until 1994, there would be lots of questionnaire-based services and some computer-based services which would try their best to match people up with the people that they believed would be compatible together. But let's focus on online dating specifically. The first modern dating site appeared online called Kiss.com in 1994 and following this, pretty much every year, a new and exciting dating site would hit the modern market from 1994 onwards up until the present day, online dating has now become a commercial enterprise that would be enhanced by the emerging technologies of the modern era. Lots of different websites and apps, but with one overall common goal, helping strangers discover emotional and physical connections with other strangers to use modern-day technology to facilitate emerging relationships. Now, with so many couples meeting online these days, I was very interested to find out some of the more obscure sites that aren't necessarily shouted about on the mainstream market. So, welcome to the first-ever segment that makes up the careers affair. This is a new segment that I'm introducing into the audio classroom of Educate. I want you to cheat on your current job by listening to somebody else talk about theirs. Maybe an audio affair, if you will. Do you see what I did there? I'm sort of creating the spicier version of the really dull careers fair that you went to when you were younger and received a pin badge. Who knows? Maybe listening to this conversation might spark a conversation in your own head and tempt you into a new direction. Well, don't blame me. I did warn you. So, to kick off this new segment, I decided to speak to a man called David Minns who is known in the online dating world as the niche online dating man. And I've got to be honest, having researched some of the sites that he's made, I was 
honestly nothing short of desperate to get him into the educate classroom. Here's how our conversation went. Hello, David Mins. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, yes, yeah. So I had my vaccination this morning and uh, counted down the hours to see if I have any side effects, but so far, so good to see. That's amazing. How yeah. did it hurt going in? No, no, it's, um, I don't know, if you have a blood test, they have to use thicker needles, but this is like really skinny. It really is nothing. But there are lots of grown ups there going, no, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that the, the place where all of the drama is happening these days? How have you been recently? Yeah, so, um, I mean, things are busy in the dating industry. Nobody can go anywhere, so which is a bit weird that nobody can really kind of do much about going on dates. But I think in general, the, the traffic or volume on the internet is just really high because people don't have very much to do. So um, absolutely just general internet traffic is busy which kind of has a knock-on effect of whether someone's buying more at amazon or selling more stuff on ebay so david what is an online dating niche okay so i mean you can it's done a few ways i mean traditionally they would always be split by a demographic so it might be let's make a dating site for everybody who's over 50 because they don't want to get hassled by, by someone who's 22 and well some people might but that's another niche we'll come on to that in a minute but um so people might get split by age might get split by sexuality um, might get split by uh, religion for example so those are kind of like the more um mainstream niches okay and then I know you've also spoken about micro niches so yes. is a micro niche the same as a niche or is does it go further than a niche it's really <laughs> I feel just, like niche isn't a real word right now <laughs> yes yes so it really is just taking a like the group to be even smaller so your kind of target market I suppose is actually quite a small a really really small group but when you do that then people have more affinity with a brand or a product so you know when you join something that's mass market you might feel a little bit I'm just like one of millions here and not really got a, a place, but you know, you make something that's just for people who who love Xbox or PlayStation. Mm -hmm. You know, there's probably some rivalry, or I'm not talking to someone with a PlayStation, but you know, at least you're putting them more and more together in a in a group of, of people with a really, really common interest or a, a, a common sort of physical attribute. Okay. And so if we're gonna take those common attributes in terms of um your dating sites that you've created i mean could you off the top of your head list the sites that you've created and briefly outline who and what they're for in terms I'll of have a go. audience so sometimes people <laughs> ask me you know what have you created now like, i can't quite remember them all i know that it stands today i've made 17 uh, sites and five of those wow. are ios apps some of them um overlap but yeah, so I'll give you kind of a rundown of the of the site. So um, I made a site called Joystick, and that's for gamers. So that's for PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo um, users. And uh, then I have a site for uh, bald people. So I guess this is just audio only. But if you if you ever see any images, <laughs> I don't have any hair. Um, and I, I made that. That was a reactive site to um, an, a news article that was going around about hat fishing and if you've not heard of that it's when men who were kind of worried about their hairline were wearing a hat in all their profile photos going on a date and then the lady or the man is saying oh you haven't got any hair and then feel defrauded 
And I thought, this is absolutely crazy. Just, you know, <laughs> you haven't got any hairs. Like, so what? I don't think some people might be bothered, but other people, maybe not. As long as you're confident and funny and charismatic, I think you're okay. So I think um, so too. Yeah. So, so I, so that was like a reactive site. So I made that very quickly to kind of jump on that media, media story. Um, and then I have some sort of standard niches like uh, over 50s dating. And I have sort of general purpose, 18 to 30. Not really a niche, but I have to have that to round the portfolio. And then mm -hmm. some of the more kind of interesting ones that have had really big media coverage are a site called 20. And that's mm -hmm. for extreme age gaps. So you can only m match or search with someone who's 20 years older or 20 My years younger. 20 years, that is a long that's well that's a long amount of time it's a proper difference. it's a proper generation isn't it I mean that's the thing where people could be somebody's like father or or daughter type gap isn't it so that's the that kind of shock value and that's what I do with yeah. some of my niches so and that that's been programmed in a way that you can't even take a sneaky look at someone who's 19 years like it's really physical you have to choose that button 20 years older or 20 years younger of course if you're sort of sub 38 then the 20 years younger doesn't work you can only go you can only go higher of course because there's a minimum age of being 18 um and that that was that was popular especially with older women and a lot of you know I had phone calls people it was had coverage on um uh, oh my daytime tv knowledge is a bit this morning is it this morning it was not it was um it was, loose, it women. was loose, loose women that's the one yes and then I had people calling me up saying I saw it on loose women thank you for making a product that you know I can go on and try and find a younger guy without kind of you know being rejected or having kind of a barrage of that's not right because there's this terrible double standard that it's okay for a guy to date a younger person you see it a lot in the media and celebs um, absolutely but the other way around then it's all the tabloids are all negative about it so was, it's really uh, interesting. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just because of, I guess it's because of media and movies and it's just the way that it, it is. And I don't, I mean, this is a bit deep, but maybe, maybe the guys in general have, have always had more power in the world. Maybe this is shifting. So they make the rules yeah. and they say, okay, yeah, this is acceptable. And the other way, no, 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 that's not acceptable. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think hopefully things will change over time. It's really, you know, if two people are compatible, it's, definitely. Yeah, that's kind of like, like fair enough, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And then, yeah, and then I suppose then the, the two kind of more extreme ones um, are, and I guess this is one that I'm kind of most famous for, infamous for, is Dinky One. And that's a site, <laughs> if people haven't heard that one, that's the dating site for men with a below average penis size and partners who prefer it that way. And this is a hard, it's hard to talk about that product without having an innuendo. But oh my gosh, yeah, I can the, imagine. Yeah. So the media coverage was, I can't say huge, the media coverage was phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, and that, was, uh, that was really, really popular. And because I made that site, I made sort of the sister version called Big One um, to make sure that I owned the whole market because otherwise someone else would have done it. And then I would have had to compete with the two. And if I own both, brands then it lets me control the kind of like the messaging that goes out so those two are, are really really successful I'm not gonna lie I mean I actually think I have about 12 million questions about all of these sites in their own rights but obviously for 
dinky one how how does it work in terms of subscribing because obviously you know like if you sign up to a dating site how do you sort of like get granted permission to enter that space yeah so it's somebody so it's, that uh, identifies with that do you know what I mean yes yeah so it's an honesty it's an honesty policy um <laughs> and when I made dinky one I mean the idea was I think that most people if you know would would sort of be a bit more open to that because if, if they weren't if they were above average then I think they'd be saying no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna join because yeah. there was kind of a bit of a stigma attached. So I, I think that's the case. Although I have heard, you know, when media talk about it, and especially a lot of US radio show people with a lot of bravado will be saying, you know, I'm gonna join that anyway, and I'm gonna be the biggest. You know, I'm gonna be the biggest fish in the pond. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. But then on the flip side, obviously, if you're owning the market for larger endowed people. Yes. How does it work with with that? Because I'm assuming, I mean, I reckon this yes. could be true. Surely there's room for embellishment for, there for, is. Yeah, I for new sign-ons. Yeah, so I don't think anyone's going to under-exaggerate. But yes, for over-exaggeration, I think there's probably some that are there. There is a button for reporting to say that this person is fibbing. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it is possible to report and block block somebody. But yes, in that case, I will expect that there'll be people who, you know, I don't know, maybe there'll be some guys that, you know, well, it was an innocent mistake. I held the ruler the wrong way around. You know? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, it's just so fascinating. I mean, how how did you get to this place in your career? By accident, I suppose, in a way. So by <laughs> qualification, I'm a I'm a mechanical engineer. And so for years I've worked in, in engineering and it's sort of high tech software doing aerodynamic simulation. And I traveled the world talking about that. I really enjoyed that. But I also, I've always had a kind of a bit of an entrepreneurial flair. So I wrote software a long time ago before the right. days of online e-commerce. This is a long, long time ago. And so I really got the bug for maybe not the commerce side, but creating something that people used it was really yeah. kind of appealing that you can sit there at a keyboard you can type some buttons in they will have to be right in the right order but then <laughs> people can actually use this and get some kind of value or experience how does your brain work like this i'm just so impressed it generally doesn't 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 stop so um <laughs> i just can't help but it drives my wife crazy i just like every time we go somewhere like oh that's a good business opportunity and i can't <laughs> stop kind of thinking about it so um yeah that's it just sort of ideas keep coming and and uh through a few friends that I met you know kind of really inspired me to try and do something about them because I think lots of people have ideas it's making that first step of saying right now I'm actually going to try and put some of those into into plan so one of my good friends who's who's turning 50 this week he um he was really keen on that sort of thing and we'd always meet at parties and be chatting in the kitchen about business <laughs> and we you know we made a company together and and just sort of met you know once a week and tried to try to do things and we had some success and some failures but it really got me started into thinking I've got to take ideas and actually just do something about them and I think that's the most important message to people see what works and in all the things that I made dating was one that I created a product and and I got distracted and made something else and then I checked back a few months later and thought, wow, I've got 60,000 people using this and I, I didn't do anything about it. Um, and wow. then that sort of made me think, well, I'm going to just try and focus on that. 
I still got loads of other ideas in other industries, but I have to try and think, no, 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 I must just keep focused on, on what I'm doing. So when was your first dating site coined then? So what year? Yeah, so two, 2007 was the first one. Um, what was the first one? It was called Saucy Dates and it's a casual dating website. And um, so it's still, still running now. And I suppose in its day, it was, you'd consider it quite niche. But now kind of casual dating is okay there are some big companies i won't name them but they'll they'll market themselves as a serious dating site but they're not they're just used for for hookups um but because they're listed on the stock market <laughs> they can't they can't say that because the investors would go crazy so yeah it, it's uh it's kind of quite mainstream i suppose nowadays um what was it like seeing other brands within this kind of dating mass market take off around that same time because I guess you were 2007 that would have been before the mainstream apps hit phones right yes yeah I'm trying to think what my phone looked like in 2007 I think I um, had like a g-tech yeah. or something yeah you see it must have been pre-iphone so it was always pretty basic yeah I mean it would have been I think it was it was like the blackberry type thing so yes and you'd have a a WAP phone that had, this is really going back, but it had very limited graphics. So it was really just web. And then you could use some limited sort of mobile experience. Um, and then the app sort of came a little bit, a little bit later. But yeah, there was a huge explosion, but a lot of those were, were like really big backed companies. So venture capitalists with markets of, of millions to spend on marketing. And I've never had that opportunity. I've always just worked kind of slow and steady <laughs> on my own. <laughs> Um, which has, you know, it's been okay because there've been times where things have been tough and Google might change a few things and all your traffic disappears overnight and you have to rebuild it. But when you're kind of working on your own, your overheads are low, you can just keep going so you can weather those, those, those bumpy times. Absolutely. And then obviously because you're a one-man band, which is so impressive, What's kind of the average day like for you? I like these questions because because when when you look at these things, you always look on LinkedIn and you know there'll be some you know Richard Branson does this and he wakes up super early and <laughs> does that and does that and 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 there's loads of articles in business magazines about this is the ultimate routine that the top 100 successful people. I don't get any time to do any of it. It's <laughs> like hanging on by the by the end of my fingernails every day. I have. I have two children, one, one, um, one four and one six, soon to be seven. So, you know, there's lots of childcare, lots of running around and, and it's just squeezing things into the gaps. So, um, you know, I might do some a little bit in the day and then try and do some more in the evening and just try and sort of fit, a, fit around. Um, so my working day is really kind of random and I try to make tasks based on how much attention they need. So if I'm doing some really nitty gritty piece of programming, that's something that you really need isolation and quiet time to do. Uh, if you haven't done any programming, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit like kind of rubbing, rubbing your tummy and patting your head type thing, You've, or spinning <laughs> lots of plates. You've got to hold so much information in your head about all of the things that you're programming at that one moment to be yeah. able to kind of fit everything together. And if somebody says, uh, hi, or any kind of question, or do you want a cup of tea? it disappears and you've got to you've got to get that thought again so I have tasks that are like that and I try to fit those when I know that it's going to be quiet and then if I have tasks that are more like I'm writing an article or a, a press release or I'm doing graphic design 
then those are easier. Sounds like you're much better at time management than I am, honestly. When you're signing up onto one of your niche apps, like yes. your, your, your micro niche apps, what, what processes do you have in place to make sure that, you know, basically trolls don't sign up and use the platforms as a place to kind of spout their nastiness yeah what's the challenge with that yeah and there's quite a few so in addition i'll sort of answer in addition to uh scammers as well so romance scammers so there's those kind of two things and it's a similar sort of process so the first of all the user comes in and they have to uh, register with an email address and they can confirm that and then they get a confirmed status if they have done that but people who are good at this like will know that there are you can get a disposable email address that doesn't even exist so right um, and you can get that instantly and then still validate so even an email address isn't that good and if you ban someone with an email address they can just make another one in a in, in a few minutes so there's some security on on email um that's sort of like the first layer and then when you come to romance scammers so that's that's huge business people are going into offices or going into work mode just to purely defraud people like nine to five every single uh. every single day and so I combat that initially by this is ultra nerdy but you can take their IP address and you can work out uh, where they're from so in a simple way you'd say okay if they're from a country that's prolific for scammers no you're not allowed in and then they can hide that by using a proxy server or a tour so people might have heard of of tour or dark web or um, things like that and they can also use that but you can buy lists that will be able to say this is a tour node or this is a proxy server and then i don't allow any of those in so oh, wow. everybody has to have a real ip address um, and then that's a little bit easier to ban because then they have to go and get a new one somewhere else um right yeah and then the next layer really is then on the context of what they're doing so if somebody does something wrong or abusive someone can hit a report button it blocks them and then they're going into a queue for moderation and mm -hmm. then you can boot them out. And there's also uh, systems in the background that look for common phrases that romance scammers will use. Like, oh, my phone's broken. Can you send me an iTunes card? You know, red <laughs> alert may go straight into the queue to be moderated or other common ones are, I'm currently nursing my sick. No, you're not scammer <laughs> gone yeah. so it monitors uh, phrases phrases like that how does yeah. it work with coming up and spotting a niche like how do you know yes that is something that i know people are going to sign up for what's that revelation like yeah so they kind of come some of them you sit down and think right i'm going to come up with a new niche and you sit there and some of them just sort of arrive so like bald dating was a response to reading an article and i thought straight away that's that's a product dinky one was really started out as an idea of what can I do to have a product that every time a journalist writes an article about alternative dating sites, that I'm going to be in it. And I thought, well, what can I do that's very, very different? And a guy that I know, and people might know his app called Bristler, um, which was for people who have beards and people who like partners with beards. Um, right. He was on Dragon's Den and I know, I know him well. And he, he made this app and I thought, wow, great. Every time there's an alternative list, he's always listed in there. And, uh, and I thought, what could I do that's like unique to men, like beards? You might have a bearded lady, but that would be very specialist niche. Um, so I thought, okay, let's go, for, let's go for penis size. Let's try that. And I created the product and I thought, 
uh, and I wrote all the material and the press release and I got there to the send button and I thought, sure, I don't even know if I should send this. Is anybody even going to be interested at all? Are people going to be, what? <laughs> no way, what are you talking about? And I pressed <laughs> that send button and it just went crazy. The phone was ringing, you know, uh, uh, interviews on the BBC radio and, you know, US radio and just crazy. So that was really just a, a process of, of lateral thinking um, about what could I do that, had a shock value and had something that was unique to a to to a man and that's that's how I came up with that particular niche it's so interesting and so how many users was it again that are currently on yeah so in total at the moment there's about 100 and 115 120,000 users on dinky one um, wow. in its first 12 months and 3.3 million messages have been exchanged between the users Oh my goodness. And is that across the world? Is that over the world? Is that globally? Yeah, so it's predominantly the US and the UK, um, mainly because the site's in, in English and those are the two sort of dominant markets. I'm looking at mm -hmm. translation and I'm gaining some momentum now in, in France and Germany. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's global. Have you had any uh, success or obviously anonymity is required. This is, this is really good... hard to get because I get asked a lot of, you know, from media, they want to do this. So what happens is that when people end up partnering up, then they they, they leave and then, then it's hard <laughs> to get hold of hold of who they are. So I've got some cases where people have, you know, found found partners. So I know that they've they've coupled up. But to get somebody to say, would you like to go on the TV and talk about that? Because I'd love to get that opportunity is is quite a challenge um, oh. for extreme age gaps. It's a little bit easier. I've had people who've said, yes, you know, I'll write an article for um a women's magazine or something from that viewpoint and that's a little bit easier but for dinky one that's been there uh, it's hard to uh, to sort of do that very very publicly it's so interesting and then obviously because you've spoken about online dating especially you know nowadays being really saturated what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that currently faces um the industry i think if you're a startup one of the biggest challenges at the moment today is is Apple. So Apple um, now say that if you write a dating app, that they're, they're going to sort of pull it to pieces. And if it isn't good enough on the quality side, they're not going to allow you in the store. And that's a fair enough point. If it's, if it's not a good product, it shouldn't be in there. But also yeah. now um, dating is considered um, a spam by Apple, which means that they've got too many of them. And if also the product isn't unique enough or solve something different, then mm -hmm. they'll reject you from the app store. So if you built a Tinder clone for mass market with a swipe or a yes, no, I like this or don't like this person, then I think it's very unlikely that you will get into the app store. So for new startups, that's a real challenge. Basically the doors are now closed on app development for dating, unless you're doing something that's groundbreakingly different. And in terms of the successes of your career so far, specifically within dating, but obviously it can kind of extend outwardly into yes. whatever else that you're doing. But what has been sort of one of the biggest successes um, in your journey, do you think? Um, I think making products now that somebody else that I talk to has heard of. There was a video, it's on YouTube, it's on, it's on my website actually on the blog section. But there was a, a US guy doing a video blog on um, bald dating. Right. And I saw that he'd 
he'd gone on to that. He was a, a TV presenter originally, a radio presenter. Barry Lamanac is his name. He's a very good, funny guy. And he did this section on ball dating. And I saw that he'd um, saw Dinky One as a subtext on there. And he said, I'm going to join this site on my next podcast. And I saw this just by chance. I joined his, his, his live feed on YouTube. Oh my and I said into the messages, I said, hold on, Barry, don't do anything. You know, he's, getting, he's like, what? what's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? I said, reload the homepage. And he reloaded it. And I stuck his name on the homepage of Dinky One. And oh, uh, wow. it was fantastic. He said, uh, you know, I, I can't believe you put me on the small penis dating site. And he was like, <laughs> absolutely hysterics. This was like live in front of his YouTube audience. So he <laughs> invited me on for, you know, after his break to do a live interview. So I basically hijacked his live YouTube stream and, and we did a, an ad hoc uh, interview. But he'd heard about all of the other sites. This is to get back to your sort of question that, you know, he'd asked what else I did. And I said, oh, I'd made big one and ball dating and joystick and things like that. And he said, yeah, I'd heard about all of these, you know, that it was amazing that, that to do something at home on your own, creating software that is reaching the world and people hit start to hear about, hear about the products. It's just really fascinating. What is to come in the next year, do you think, for you? Well, I can tell you what's um, coming next week. <laughs> so <that's, gasps> Stop um, it. Yeah, so there's a new one next week um, that's called Lusso. Uh, that's a lovely Italian word for luxury. And it's, uh, it's dating for the super rich. Um, it's, <gasps> it's a challenge, this niche. So we'll see how we do. Um, but yeah, so it will be, I suppose, probably the most exclusive. It's hard to make these claims. So I'll put a disclaimer with them as far as <laughs> I know that they're the, you know, it'd be the most exclusive dating site in the world. The membership is limited. So per gender in the UK, it'll be 200 places. People can join for free, but only 200 people can upgrade and communicate. So it's a bit between dating and matchmaking. It's a smaller, wow. a smaller group. So it'll be the, the most exclusive. And I also think it's probably going to be the most expensive dating site ever made. So oh, my gosh. ticket What's... price will be up to $1,000 a month for the subscription. So that's how it's going to work. Oh, so my goodness. Yeah, so it's a really out there project. Um, to go with it has massive privacy. So the idea is that if you're kind of like a well-known celeb or you're a business person, you want to have a date, you want to be able to meet people outside of your relationship circle or friend circle, um, but it's very anonymous. So everybody's photos are pixelated. You can't see, so you can make a profile, you can upload it, but you can't see anybody unless you're a paid subscriber. So, and then that unlocks the photos. So people can join and see what it's like. And then when they're prepared to commit, then you can start to see that sort of very exclusive closed community. So I am so hooked. I mean, what do you have to do to pass your test of exclusivity? So really it's, it's, it's because the membership is so limited and the ticket mm -hmm. price is so high, that, that there's that's the only way you're going to get in so you know if you're kind of the, the sort of a normal person to pay that amount of money you're not going to do it um so it's got to be to the level that the disposable income is just yeah that's that's not a problem you know to to pay that that price however it's still cheap though if you join and this is what's crazy so if you join like a standard <laughs> really? dating site it might no i mean i'm not i'm not super rich but you know <laughs> If you join a standard dating site, it might be $9.99 a month or something like that as a dating app. Um, but if you join a matchmaking agency, let's say in New York, for mm -hmm. a high-end matchmaking agency in New York, you will not get 
a subscription price lower than $5,000 a month. Now, some people oh, will pay $100,000 to be introduced to one new person every month. So you might get 12 dates for $100,000. Um, wow. Because they're handpicked and they're like successful people. But that's just absolutely crazy. So it makes Lusso, um, yeah, maybe she increased the price. It's a bit of a bargain basement. Uh, so say you get, you know, say if you're allowed, as you said, 200 users from the UK. For yeah, example. so 200 per gender. And, and I always a male, female and transgender person. So, yeah, so amazing. 100 basically in, in the UK. So 200. What happens if you get double the amount of subscribers for each 200 slot they can't get in so when you come to the payment page or the upgrade page it tells you how many accounts are remaining and if they've gone then they're gone and then when somebody leaves you have to wait for somebody to leave and a space becomes available then the site will send out an alert to all the users to say there's a space like first come first serve so that's the kind of idea to get that kind of i've got to get that this is one of the coolest things I think anybody's ever told me. Have you had loads of press interest, no doubt? Prior to launch, then I've got a sort of select number of journalists that I work with quite often, and I give them some heads up. Um, so, yeah, some people are excited by that. And then I'll do a general kind of mailing and see what happens. And I don't know, it's hard to know. Sometimes, you know, I use the same equation or the same formula every time I release a product. And sometimes you press the button and it goes crazy. And other times, just absolutely nothing so we'll see um, i'm hoping it will be popular but we'll see you never really know until till it goes out there and then if it hits a few media outlets then that's how it sort of snowballs there's you know then people re-syndicate that news and generally it goes online first and then you get print media and then you usually get requests for um radio follow-up and then from that, then usually I find that in, in the cases that have been successful, then US TV shows will pick up something like Comedy Central or uh, James Corden Late Late Show and things like that will then run a, a, a small segment. And that, that's when I feel like I've like achieved a good sort of marketing uh, campaign. But again, it's all like super lean. So that there's a, no marketing spend on that. If you make something that is exciting enough, it should just spread. I think it's going to be great. I can already envision it now. I, I really hope that in like a year's time, we suddenly hear a real success story from you where it's kind of like the A-list equivalent of Jude Law or George yes. Clooney or anyone yes. like that is with someone really random, but yes. in a completely different industry. And it will yes. all be down to your app. I can't wait. <laughs> that would be lovely if I could achieve that. Let's see. Yeah, let's see. As long as I get, I'll say this that exclusive here, as long as I can get an invite to the wedding. Yeah, that would be lovely. <laughs> There's a really good show on Netflix at the moment called The One, and it's all about dating. And it's a really interesting concept. In terms of the actual show, I feel like you'll find this quite interesting. The premise is you take a sample of your hair okay, and yes. you, send, you send it off. To... And that works for bald people too? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, any, any person that is a human being okay. basically sends out their uh, hair, package it up, send it over to a laboratory. And the concept is they then find the DNA and match ah, yes, that yes. DNA. So mm -hmm. they basically say, oh, you can find the one. And the series is all about that and how obviously once this kind of takes off in a sort of way that any app has taken off that we've yes, seen, yes. basically marriages are just completely obliterated because you know the whole thing it's introduced at the beginning, like 
you know, I was always happy with somebody else, but I always thought, could I be happier? And then it kind of <laughs> spirals. So I don't know if, do you wow, think that's interesting? I yeah, wonder how they're matching concept. though. Now. I mean, because if you match someone with two similar DNA, don't you have like an inbreeding problem? So are they, I mean, <laughs> I mean are they going to have to, that's, yeah, I'm going to marry my cousin. So are they, are they matching you on opposite DNA for opposites attract? How does that work? I mean, I'm not entirely sure about the science of it, but the concept yes. is that your match is out there somewhere and we're going to use yes. science to prove it. Um, so you never know. Do you think uh, technology is going to have any uh, shaping in the future? That's an interesting data? thing. I think, I think things, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what, what goes on. I mean, like, I suppose on the technology side that's really out there is, is Elon Musk's brain chip implant that he's working on. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, will people become more exclusive based on how much processing power the other person has? Like, you're just, you know, running like a, you know, an old Pentium versus, a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something newer. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's been very interesting. Unless other yeah. people, I mean, a lot of sites also that exist today have matching algorithms. There are some, again, I won't name brands, but are famous for having massive questionnaires. I think they've ditched a lot of them now, but hundreds and hundreds of questions. And based mm. on all those questions matches the person up. Whereas you have a modern sort of swipe based application and then people just make a decision in quarter of a second based on based on appearances and i'm not sure whether the stats at the other end of the relationship make much difference but i always think that there's always these kind of super scientific things but then i think at the end of the day i think you just sort of know when you meet somebody whether that that kind of feels right and i'm not sure I mean, i'm quite good at computer programming i'm not sure i could write a computer program to work that out you just kind of have that kind of feeling and think yep this is the person yeah very true I guess you uh if you can get whatever the formula is to decide what love is and true love is I think you'll be a very very rich person yes, yeah. <laughs> probably rival Elon Musk in the future yes uh, <laughs> and in terms of any kind of final words is there any way that what advice would you give to 20 somethings who are hoping to find their niche or hoping to find their match what would you say yeah I mean I think if you're if you are on online dating whether it's one of my products or or anybody else's the main thing is really just to be you know it's all especially once you start to communicate it's all about the quality of the message that you have and you're sending because that's how you're going to make your first impression so whether it's on the photo or not but you know the main thing is just be polite courteous and the golden rule is when you start communicating to someone ask questions because asking questions starts a conversation and that's how you're going to get to know somebody so the opening line of saying hi like that doesn't go anywhere because the other person says <laughs> you, know, you wait 48 hours and you might get hi back again and then you know what a waste of time that is you may as well just say you know if, if you if you had to watch one film for the rest of your life what would it be or something just to get things started so ask questions and then be polite and lovely oh i love that what is the worst chat up line that you've consistently seen crop up and what is on the flip side the best chat up line that you've seen crop up Oof, that's the tough let me ask the word the worst one let's do it with a picture that i see in profiles a lot is guys holding fish that <laughs> i people are still doing it and it, if it was like prehistoric days oh that man's a hunter hunter gatherer that's the type of person i want but nowadays you think i can get that from the supermarket and it's already been gutted <laughs> i don't need a man that can hold a hold a massive carp 
and he's never going to be at home. Everything's going to stink. Anyway, so that's um, there. And then... Um, no fishy pics. <laughs> no, don't do that. And then, and then I suppose, what's the best... I mean, the thing is that works really well, actually, is just asking someone nicely about, like, how are you doing? Like Joey Tribbiani's, how are you doing? That gets a lot of a lot of responses. And then, I don't know, then I guess it's just down to some of the... You can try the corny ones, I suppose, that you wouldn't have been ever brave enough to, to try in a nightclub. I think, like, on the casual ones, I think one that's quite cute and nice is, uh, like, would you like to come back to my house for sex? Because I'm all out of coffee. That's... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Back in the single days, I do not know how I, I think I would laugh. I think I would laugh if somebody said that to me. I'd like to think I would, but I am cringing with joy at hearing it now. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. I am so excited to hear how the launch goes next week. Yes. And uh, I can't say uh, any of my friends will be signing up because I don't think we have a spare um, a spare 1K in our back pocket. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing about everything and the success stories. And I think your career is just unbelievably fascinating. So I'm hoping that this conversation has sparked somebody's internal creativity or, you know, it's inspired yes. somebody to actually go out and do it. If you've got an idea, just just have a go, see what happens. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, take care. Have a lovely week. Okay. Thank you very much. What an absolutely lovely, incredibly intelligent and utterly interesting man. Thank you so much, David Mins. What on earth is he going to come up with next? I had so much fun listening to the ups and downs of Dinky One. Do you see what I did there? You're right, David. It is hard to use non-pun related language when we're talking about this. But I really enjoyed discovering all about the niche online dating world. I had no idea about it before. Thank you for entering the audio classroom that is Educate. Cheers for tuning in, everybody. And please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at educate underscore podcast, where you can find more educational chitty chatter. And if you fancy leaving me an A plus review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that would be splendid. Have a fab week. And as always, please do slide into my DMs if you want to teach me a lesson. Mm-hmm.